Welcome to the Women Living Courageously podcast. We're so glad and so grateful to have you here with us. My name is Melanie Redd, and I'll be your host each week. Our prayer and our great passion is to offer you three things. First, we want to inspire your courage. In the words of Proverbs 31:25, we'd like to inspire you to laugh without fear of the future. Second, we want to point you to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Everything we do is for Him. And last, we want to spur you on to grow in the Lord, to mature spiritually. If this sounds like the place for you, we invite you to tune in. Recently, I had the chance to be on an airplane packed with people flying out of a small airport and connecting into a larger hub. We were seated with seatbelts on and about to push off from the gate when the pilot came on over the radio. He informed us that there would be a 58-minute delay. You would have thought he told us that we weren't going to fly at all. People began to get upset, really upset. The lady next to me began to cry a little bit, worried about missing her connection. The man on my left began to get very agitated and eventually got up from his seat and went to talk to the flight attendant. People became so unnerved so quickly. They were afraid that they'd be late or miss their connecting flights. You'll be happy to know we made up time and landed much sooner than expected, and most people were able to connect as well. It all turned out okay, even though there were some very tense moments. It was at that time, however, that I noticed that people seem to be living so close to the edge right now. Most people are walking around like ticking time bombs, ready to blow at a moment's notice. Because we feel such stress, anxiety, fear, and unsteadiness, we seem to be close to the brink. It doesn't take much to set people off these days. We are like powder kegs, and one little match will light us up. All of this talk reminds me of some beanbag chairs we had as teenagers. Maybe you had one as well. They were bright, colorful plastic chairs filled with thousands and thousands of little plastic beans. We sat on them, laid on them, played with them, had pillow fights with them, and loved those chairs. But as we played with those beanbags and jumped on them, they would form little tears. Eventually, the small tears would grow and seams would split open and then little beans would spill out all over the carpet. It didn't happen overnight, but the pressure would cause the tears and the spillage. I really think we're beginning to see people act like my beanbag chairs. They are jumped on, sat on, and tossed around to the point that their seams are starting to split. Little holes are forming in the sides and the fabrics of their emotions and their hearts. People are becoming unstitched and losing their stuffing all around us. Maybe you feel or have felt like this sometimes too. I know I've had my moments. All of this reminds me of a wonderful Adrian Rogers quote from years ago. You must come apart or you will come apart. <laughs> Let me say that one more time. You must come apart or you will come apart. Most of us would love to take a trip to the beach or Hawaii or to the Caribbean, but we can't do that all the time. So what do we do day to day to stay steady and quit being so easily torn apart? How do we keep the beans inside the bag? How do we keep from being powder kegs ready to be lit up? I want to give you some practical things that you can stop doing and some things that you can start doing to get a little more margin in your world. First of all, get off your phone. 
Spend less time on your cell phone. It's a great way to alleviate some of the stress in your life. Put it down or put it away after a certain time of night. I typically do this at 7 o'clock at night and try not to pick it back up until the next morning. Put it down during meals. No one likes to have a meal with someone that's looking at their cell phone the whole time. Put it down when talking with friends and family. It's really hard to compete with Instagram or Facebook. A second thing I'd encourage you to do is turn off the notifications on your devices. My friend Natalie told me that she did this, and I tried it over the summer. I will tell you, people can still find you if you turn off your notifications. Plus, you'll take some of the stress out of your life. Think about it. Most of us grew up with just a few ways for people to get in touch with us. They either had to knock on the door, ring the doorbell, or they had to call us on the phone that was connected to the wall. Now, people can find you 24-7 with notifications all day, all night, all weekend, all of the time. It's too much. It's stressful. You don't need to know every single alert of every single thing. I know we're conditioned to do that, but I don't think it's healthy for our souls. So I want to encourage you to try an experiment this week. Turn off your notifications. Let people call you. Let people leave messages. Only have certain times that you answer those messages. A third thing I would suggest is that you have certain times that you answer your emails. Put some parameters and some boundaries around your communication and your life will run smoother. I have a friend, Janelle, who only answers emails on Mondays. Really, that's it. She doesn't answer emails any other day of the week. She has this beautiful automated message that says something like, my email day is Monday. I really want to hear from you, and I will answer your email next Monday. She said this has taken a lot of the stress out of her life. A fourth thing I would suggest is that you watch the news less often. Someone in your life will be sure to alert you if there's something major going on. You can check the headlines once a day. But none of us need to see news alerts in our faces 24-7. Years ago, we lived next door to an elderly couple. They kept the news on 24-7. They were the most stressed out little people you ever met. So watch the news less often. One other thing I would suggest that you quit doing is that if you have a friend who really drains you, exhausts you, or wears you out, try to spend a little less time with them. It's not that you don't love them. And it's not that you don't call them, but you might spend a little less time on those that drain you. You know the ones. Now let me give you seven things to start doing. These will give you encouragement, hope, margin, breathing room, and peace in your life. And I start this with the scripture. This is Matthew 11, 28 through 31. Jesus is speaking and he says this, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So here are seven things to start doing to encourage you to live with more freedom and more rest. First of all, look to Jesus. Look up every single morning. I try to do this as I'm waking up. I look up to heaven and say, Lord, I need you today. Secondly, I encourage you to get in the Bible. Every day, open the Bible at least for a few minutes. Use a devotional. Try a Bible reading plan. Use some other tool to get you opening God's Word personally and getting something out of it. Time in the Bible will calm your nerves and give you hope. 
Third, I suggest you spend time praying each day. Talk to the Lord of the universe because he's the only one that can really do anything about our lives. Each day I find myself looking to heaven, opening the Bible, and then asking God for his help. I highly recommend that you start talking to God more. It will ease the stress that you feel. Fourth, be quiet. (laughs) Allow yourself time to think. Be still. Give yourself the opportunity to ponder and process things. While you're driving in the car, just be quiet. While you're taking a walk or getting ready for the day, be quiet. There's something about letting your mind rest a little that will help you in the middle of the chaos. Fifth, I want to suggest that you begin to journal. Get a notebook or journal and begin to write things down. Write out your feelings. Share about what you're going through. Write out prayers and concerns. Consider it stress relief with pen and paper. There is something about putting our thoughts on a piece of paper that helps us not to feel so stressed. Sixth, spend more time with positive people, those who lift you up. Spend time with people who will make you love Jesus more. Get around some people who make you better. I've read that we become like those we spend the most time with. Who are these people for you? How are they impacting your well-being? One other thing, listen to more good stuff. Turn on the praise music, turn on positive radio, listen to encouraging podcasts like this one, and sermons and material that will lift you up. To get more good stuff in your life, we'd like to invite you to visit our new website. We have created so many things just for you. It's called womenlivingcourageously.org. You will find this particular message on the site, and I've created a special printable for you that you can download and print out. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a comment. We want this ministry to be a great blessing to your life. Let us know how we can better minister to you. Listen, life is stressful for sure. It's so easy to feel the pressure, but you don't have to come apart at the seams. My prayer for you and for me is that we will come apart with the Lord Jesus so we don't fall apart when life gets crazy. Jesus' invitation remains today. Come to me and I will give you rest. My best advice for you, look to Jesus, turn to Him. And remember this, we're just ordinary women who serve an extraordinary God.